to speak to you from the subject, the ripple effect. The ripple effect. I know we were talking about ripple earlier. We're not talking about Fred Sanford ripple. <laughs> we're talking about the ripple effect. Um, this morning we're going to talk about having a vision for our lost world. See, we see the world vision mentality in the book of Acts in most of the chapters the church is acting upon the final words of Jesus given to them on his last day on earth. See, have you ever thought about your last day on earth? I know y'all don't want to hear that right now. I came to church to be happy. This joke we're talking about when my last day. But it's sobering. It's a sobering thought. I just always wonder, like, when, when I first got here, remember old school people, they'd be telling me, hey, man, I want you to preach this at my funeral. Okay. Are you in a hurry? <laughs> Anybody, no, no. I remember I told you last time, I want you to preach this one. No, I want you to preach this one. There we go. But I guess they knew. That's going to one on right there, Miss Mary. Yeah, hey, Miss Mary. She'd be always like, I want this funeral right here. Do this eulogy for me. <laughs> Like she comfortable as all the way with that. <laughs> Tell your family I'm just playing. You know how they call me when I mess with you. Jesus help me, Lord. So, but each and every day, that, we understand somebody gonna take that trip. But Ecclesiastes 7 2 is, is this probably what Miss Mary be reading, y'all? It says, Better spend your time at funerals than at parties. After all, everyone dies, so the living should take this to heart. You know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of the movie Final Destination. Y'all seen that movie? Right? They be trying to run from death, but death eventually catch them. Right? And, and, and just like those characters, we try to escape death. If somebody have a car accident, we don't want to drive. If a train run off the track, we don't want to ride the train. If a plane crash, they ain't never flying no more. Where you going to go? Teleport? So... So we always worrying about it. But you know what that means to me? It means we should be sober-minded, as it says in 1 Peter 1.13, whether you are rich, poor, famous, or common, you will have a last day. And that day should be exciting because your life counted. It was invested in eternal things. You got to be like Paul. Paul knew he won no matter what. You know what that make me feel like? He said, look, I finished the race. I fought the good fight. He said, look here, I don't know if I want to stay here and be with you and help you or if I want to die because either way I win. Don't that make you feel like DJ Khaled sometimes? All I do is win, win, win. That's all. When I come to church, all I want to do is my hands go up and they stay there. Why? Because I can't lose. To be absent from the body is to be present with God. God put death to sleep. Even when you die in this dimension, you still live. The devil can't beat you. What you worried about gas prices for? Your God defeated death. Even when you close your eyes in this dimension, you wake up with a better body. That pot belly is gone. You walking on the streets of gold. No more worrying about COVID-19. No more worrying about, do I need to be vaccinated or not vaccinated? No more worrying about high gas prices. I'm rich. Oh, y'all don't understand what I'm saying. When you really have the peace of God, you don't worry about death because you know death has already been defeated. And you don't worry about life either. 
up because you know if God defeated death, he can defeat gas prices. If God defeated death, he can defeat the Republicans or the Democrats. If God defeated death, he can keep me away from police brutality. If God defeated death, he can keep racism from affecting me and I still shall walk away with a good measure blessing pressed down, shaking together and running over. Even though you don't like me, you will still hire me because my God gives me the power to obtain wealth and he won't hold any good gift from me. I don't care if you like me, if you don't like me, I don't care if you want me to die because at the end of the day, I can't lose. Even when it looked like I lost, I win. Because all things happen for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. So even if I lose, it's not a setback, it's a setup. And God didn't want me to have that. If I didn't get this job today, God has a better job tomorrow. Because my God said he gonna give me a good measure blessing. Press down, shake it together, and run it over care nothing about you firing me if I did my job the way I was supposed to do my job. God just opened it up another door and maybe I didn't walk away from you quick enough. You better understand that God loves you and loves you all. What can separate me from the love of my God? No height, no depth, no principality, no former thing, no latter thing, no white man, no black man, no Jew, no Gentile, no police officer, no crooked judge. Nothing can separate me. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> devil. Devil done ran up on the wrong folk this morning. <laughs> Better watch out, bro. Death don't scare me. Death, I cease all my work. I ain't got to wake up and put a sermon together. You ain't got to dread going to work on Monday. Now, I ain't in no hurry. And I ain't trying to come in here like Chris Carter talking about I'm going up yonder. I ain't trying to do all that right now. But I'm trying to get you comfortable enough to understand that if God defeated death, he already defeated poverty. He already defeated cancer. He already defeated everything that you will ever have to struggle with in the name of Jesus. Have you ever considered what you say at your final hour? After 400 years of silence, God has something to say too, but he did it with an action. One that launched his invasion plan of earth uh, without fanfare or fireworks. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob penetrated our darkness on the first Christmas as he so dramatically did it with simplicity to some poor smelly shepherd in a small town called Bethlehem. I know when we do the plays, I know Kinsa has everything looking so good and the stage looks so clean and the producer, brother, uh, brother Calvin, makes it look like everything thing was so pretty, but it was not pretty. Jesus was born in a manger. A manger is not a bed. A manger is a food trough for pigs and cows. I believe my God walked down 40 and 2 burning generations, walked down aristocrats, walked through the middle class, came up as a poor person just to make sure that you understood that he didn't leave nobody out. Stop making excuses and talk about I'm uneducated. I ain't been to the right school. I'm the wrong color. Can't nothing 
stop you. He who began a good work in you shall finish it. If he started it, he will finish it. All these excuses you got. God walked down 40 and two burning generations. Now, don't get me wrong. Jesus was not poor. He was born poor, but the wise men brought them gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Oh, you better watch out. He, see, y'all thought it was just three. It was just three wise men because your theology messed up. If, do you think Herod would have been worried about three demented folk looking for a savior? It was an entourage of wise men. They were rolling deep. Y'all better watch out. They, they had security. They had money. They came bearing three gifts because they didn't want to bring anything cheap to the king of kings and lord of lords. They didn't bring no socks like you give your father on Father's Day. They didn't bring a little squiggle up, messed up birthday card that you done had in your Bible for six months talking about I'm going to get this to my daddy. I ain't talking about no cheap gift. They said I'm going to bring gold frankincense and myrrh to honor the man of God. They're going to make you shout right there. You don't even need a job. You better look for one though because God ain't going to take care of you if you lazy. But if you can't find one, God says still supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory. Why? Because he bless you for his name's sake. He wants you to have a good witness. Can I talk to you for a minute? If somebody homeless talks to somebody who don't believe in God and talk about how much God blessed them, I'm sure. Okay. okay. Mr. Wendell. <laughs> Nobody making no song about Mr. Wendell. But them little crazy folk from Tennessee. Nobody listen to a homeless person that long. Keep it real. You quiet because you know you ain't. The Lord has been good to me. Okay. Don't know about what your God doing, but I'm all right with that. But God gives you a good measure of blessing. Press down, shake it together because he wants you to be a witness. Because the more he blesses you, the louder your voice becomes. Because people will follow successful people. God bless you for what? His name's sake, not yours. So when you go around, Lord, I don't deserve it. We know you don't, but God deserves a good witness. And as long as you out there sharing the gospel, God will take care of you. <laughs> you don't have to be a preacher, not, everybody not called to preach, but everybody called to evangelize. Everybody is called to do something. Everybody is called to bring somebody out of darkness into the marvelous light. The problem with church folk is we are too daggone selfish. We're supposed to make disciples, but we want to be the only one that teach Sunday school. I don't want nobody to teach Sunday school because if I teach them how to teach Sunday school, they might move me with your selfish self. I don't want to tell nobody, I don't want to mentor nobody to help them and move me out of the job. Well, maybe God will make you the superintendent if you was humble enough to bless somebody else. <clears throat> God didn't bless you just to let you be blessed. He want to make you a blessing. When you learn how to open your hand and give stuff to other people, God will bring more stuff into your bosom. When you give people what God tells you to give them, he'll give you a good measure of blessing, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. He'll give you so much you can't help but give it away. 
but, but you got to be a witness because he wants you to share the gospel. Oh, y'all don't hear me. I know Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, but at the end of the day, God changed his name from Saul to Paul because he was out there killing folk. Isn't it amazing how God hid Moses right under Pharaoh's nose? He hid him in his own palace. Isn't it amazing how God took Jesus out of Bethlehem, hid him right in Egypt, right where Herod was, and he didn't even look for it? Can I tell you something? Your misery will become your ministry. Some of y'all trapped in Egypt right now. I'm not saying live your life how you want to live your life, but I'm saying that God, some of y'all are alcoholic. Some of y'all are whoremongers. Some of us are so messed up. Some of us lie too much, but at the end of the day, God is just hiding you because the devil don't know how powerful you are, but he's hiding you in the enemy's camp. And when he gets ready to wash you up, clean you, turn you around and put your feet on solid ground, you going to be one of the greatest witnesses out here. Your misery will become your ministry. Your weakness will become your witness. God want to use you right now. Stop walking around here feeling sorry for yourself. Uh, I keep messing up. Uh, yes, you keep messing up because you keep trying to do it in your own strength to him who's able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before his glorious majesty. He didn't say you could do it. He said he will present you to himself. You can't do it by yourself. Give it to him. To him who's able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before his glorious majesty. You keep trying to do it on your own because you think it's you. You keep reading these self-help books. You better start reading some God help me books. If he knew you could do it on your own, he wouldn't have walked down 42 generations and robed himself in the flesh. He wouldn't have walked up the way of Via Della Rosa, the way of suffering. He wouldn't have let them put nails in his hands if you could have done it by yourself. I feel like preaching. I feel like preaching. I feel it. I don't know. I just feel it right now in the name of Jesus. God is ready to elevate you and take you to another level, but you can't be scared to be a witness. When Saul was a murderer and God changed the name to Paul, God told Barnabas, take him into the fold. Barnabas took Paul out of the darkness into the marvelous light, even when the disciples didn't want to be around him. Even when they didn't want to be around, they took him. He let him, he brought him in. Ultimate pyramid scheme. I don't care how many people Paul saved, Barnabas still getting more credit because he the one brought him into the fold. Oh, can I talk to somebody for a minute? Can I talk to somebody for a minute? God is about to give you a good measure of blessing. Press down, shaking together and running over, but you keep talking about what you don't have because you keep looking at yourself and not looking at the great I am who is God. Stop looking at yourself. Is anything too hard for God? Some of y'all, your whole homework, you failed on Monday. Shut your mouth and be still and know that he is God and he shall make a way out of no way. Don't get me too happy yet. Don't, you go back and sit down. Don't get me too happy. You're going to get me too happy. I'm going to forget where I'm at. Forget where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. Not like it though. Yeah. I don't know what I want, man. I don't. Yeah. Go ahead, do what you do, man. I, I'm just. I just know I don't want to get too happy. I don't want to hoot too early. My day already long. I might just close out and go home, but I don't want them to miss nothing. 
Isaiah said the people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness. A light has dawned. Jesus is the Passover lamb. Can I talk to you for a minute? <laughs> it, it, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing how Moses, even though he was, he was, he was, he was bringing plagues, he was able to walk in and walk out. You know, he didn't walk in and walk out because he was raised by the Egyptians. He smelled enough like Egypt that they didn't kill him. Some of y'all done came up in alcoholism. Some of y'all done came up in gangs. Some of y'all can go, go, go talk to the Crips and the Bloods and the Black Gangster Disciple. Some of y'all can go talk to Sir 13. Some of y'all can go talk Talk to the black mafia. You know why? Because you smell like them. Because God hid you in Egypt, brought you out of darkness, cleaned you up, and anointed you. And even though you holy, you smell enough like them that they respect you. Some people can't go to the hood and leave out what they call. But you are going there and witnessing them because there's a respect that all oh, y'all don't hear me right now. God wants to use some messed up people. God uses the foolishness of man to confine the wise to make sure you don't act like you all that in the back of the chip. God will go find some messed up folk to make sure you know it's sure enough Jesus. Every time I preach, when I used to, boy, I ain't gonna like it. My mouth is totally sanctified. But people used to be like, I just listen to your sermon when you first started preaching to make sure you didn't cuss in your sermon. But they got saved. I was like, ain't no way Maxwell gonna make it 30 minutes and not cuss. <laughs> no way, it ain't possible. They had bets in Vegas somewhere. Bookies, 30 minutes, 35, will he make it? But God uses messed up folk. He took a murderous soul change his name. I'm like, God, you could have at least changed more than one letter in his name. They know he saw. You changed your name to Paul. Ooh, you fooling everybody, God. <laughs> oh, God. That's why I preach to be doing that name, Willard Maxwell. They put W.G. Maxwell because they didn't mess the Willard up. No, they still know you. <laughs> See, Jesus, see, Jesus killed death. A sinless man, God, Jesus, Son of God, died. See, the wages of sin is death, which means Jesus wasn't supposed to die. That's why Satan came up in Peter and said, don't go to the cross. And even though Jesus called him the rock on which I will build my church, even though Jesus told him that he was going to spread the gospel, he then still told Peter, get ye behind me, Satan. Why? Because the devil figured out if I don't let Jesus go to the cross, everybody will go to hell but Jesus. Now, if I get up here and just get crunk, and offend some people and go listen to some R. Kelly and I believe I can fly and I get up on the building, I believe I can, whoo, it's a wrap. Find a new pastor. 
Deacon's males, put the search committee back together again. <laughs> Trustees, get the package together. You got to find a new pastor because gravity just took over. He thought he could fly, but he couldn't. But if I get in an airplane and everything's working right, there's a law greater than gravity called aerodynamics. And even though the law of gravity is pulling me down, the law of aerodynamics is keeping me up. Although the law is holy, it can't make you holy. It makes you sinful because if you mess up one part of the law, you messed up the whole law. And so the law of judgment and sin is pulling you down. But because Jesus went to the cross for you as a sinless man who had never done anything, now there's a greater spirit called grace. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now grace supersedes. The law. You feel me? I don't need a turtle dove or, 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 or a partridge or, 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 or some hens or, or, or lamb. All I got to do is call on Jesus. Now, now, now pastor got to know the Greek and the Hebrew. He got to know El Shaddai, Elohim, El Elyon. He got to know Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah McKinney, because you need to know that I know something. But you can be like, pastor, I know you know all that Greek, but all I got to do is say Jesus. I don't know Jehovah Shalom is my peace, but I know Jesus. I don't know Jehovah Rophe is my healer, but I know Jesus. I don't know Jehovah Nisi is my victory, but I know Jesus. I ain't go to school for that, Pastor, but I do know his name. Is above any name. It's above Mufasa's name. It's above Obama's name. It's above Kennedy's name. It's above King's name. It's above cancer's name. If I got cancer, Jesus! It's above that name. Jesus! His name supersedes the law because the law was broken on him. Jesus said, don't get it twisted. Uh, you ain't taking my life. I I'm laying it down, and when I lay it down, I'm going to pick it back up again. He, he married. That's why you got to know Jesus. And see, people, when they see I teach about I'm broke, now I'm not. They think I don't know about Jesus because they broke. And they don't understand that God came to give me life and to give me more abundantly. Oh, no, Jesus didn't have no money. If Jesus didn't have no money, how in the world was Judas stealing and didn't nobody know he was stealing but John? If he ain't got but $10 and five missing, somebody stole something. You can't embezzle nothing from somebody who broke. They'll know it's gone. Who took my $2? I'm going to kill somebody over here. My $2? I know one I'm going to count to three. If I don't get my $2, you about to have $4 worth of bullets. <laughs> See, they think 
That because Jesus said foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man had nowhere to lay his head, it had nothing to do with a home. It had to do with his mind that he wanted to plant in people. Foxes don't dig holes until they're about to have babies. Most species of birds a little higher. The fox is on the ground. Most species of birds don't build nests until they're about to lay eggs. And the Son of Man said foxes have holes to have babies. Birds have nests to lay eggs, but the Son of Man have nobody to receive this word that's worthy enough to hear what I want to tell him. Are you listening to God? <laughs> oh, Jesus is about to give you something today. Jesus married the law and grace. He brought it all Together, yeah, it's a whole bunch of seats in the back row, y'all. Right, right there. You ain't gotta walk all the But, 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 what I'm saying, he ushered in grace. So when the lady that had the issue of blood, she said, if I can touch to him in his garment, she made it intertestamental. She brought the law and grace together because all that he anointed was in the robe of the priest. As a woman, she wasn't supposed to touch the priest, but she touched him because she said, I know I will be healed. Even though grace had not been ushered in because he had not been to the cross, she saw something at that moment that the spirit revealed to her. And when she touched him, he said, who touched me? Peter said, everybody touch you, God. No, somebody touched me and the anointing has come out of me. Who touched me? And she said, I touched you. And she became, he said, your faith has made you whole. Can I tell you something? Some of y'all scared to touch Jesus because you lied to somebody. You better touch him because she touched him even though she could have been put to death. She touched him. Stop worrying about your grandmama's prayers. Your grandmama not even here no more. You better learn how to enter the throne of grace. I know you got drunk last night. I know you did some stuff you weren't supposed to do, but you better learn how to touch him because she touched him. You can touch him. Touch Jesus. The the veil, the veil was split from the top to the bottom to make sure that they understood it was not man who did it. It was God himself saying, I want to have a relationship with you. And so he wants you to touch him. And so you don't have to lead anybody to the pastor. You don't have to lead anybody to the priest. When you're out at your job, I'm not saying throw oil on anybody. I'm saying when you walk in your kingdom power, they'll begin to say, sister girl, I saw the trap that was made for you. How in the world did you get out of this? And you can just tell because Jesus covers me with his blood. I know I'm messed up. I know every now and then I take my earrings out too. Every now and then I want to take my heels off. But every now and then God will get me right. And it's him that covers me. You know what I love about Jesus? He calls me righteous even though I'm not righteous. I know you think you got it all together because you got your big old hat and everything is going right in your life. But before you had a big old height hat, your skirt was short, just like the girl beside you. Can I talk to somebody for a minute? I know you got it together now. You ain't dropping it because it ain't hot no more. That's why. If it was hot, you'd drop it. 
And some of y'all might be a little simmering, but you can't pick it back up. <laughs> so you just be sanctified. Because them days over. Walking down memory lane. <laughs> I'm just saying, Jesus came so that you can have life abundantly. He don't want you to be broke. He wants you to be blessed for his name's sake because when you look good, he look good. When you talk about Jesus and you successful, more people listen. I'm just keeping it real. He don't bless you for you. He bless you for himself because he wants you to witness to somebody. He wants you to bless somebody. All that money ain't for you to buy a new car every day. It ain't for your nails every week. It ain't for you to buy a $500 wig every week. God want to make you a blessing. Uh, he, 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 he died. The last words Jesus said on the cross was, it's finished. And it comes from the original Greek, telestia, tele, telestia, uh, tele, telestia, which is a business term, paid in full. Some of y'all saw the movie, but it wasn't about Jesus, but you know what I mean. It means paid in full. And see, the thing about it is God is interstellar. Jesus is interstellar. So when he said it's finished, he wasn't talking about it's finished after 33 years. He was saying it's finished from eternity because for the foundation of the world was made, he already knew you. Can I tell you something? Whether you're 33, 55, or 75, we all the same age in eternity because God does not deal with chronological age. He's interstellar. He sees past, present, and future at the same time. I was wondering why God made me watch this movie. I flew on fourth flight, but in three flights, I was able to watch. I watched, flew down, flew back, and I had to go back there again in the next week. And, and the amazing thing was, I watched Summer Interstellar, then I watched the next part of Interstellar, then I watched the third part, because it was like two hours and 50, it was like three hour movie. Boring. God made me watch it though. But I began to see how the, the man, the father representing God in a space where time means nothing because God is with Cairo's time and he begins to plug stuff in where you need to know it and he'll begin to send his daughter clues even as she was a little girl. Send clues as she was little and in middle age and older. Can I tell you something? Your spirit already knows what to do. It's already mature. The spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. God has already downloaded everything in you you need. He already knows knew what sermon you was going to preach this morning. He already knew what song you was going to sing. He already called you to be a mechanic. He already called you to be a surgeon. He already called you to be a teacher. He's already put you where you're supposed to be to be a witness because he put it in you already. It's finally come to fruition, but God has already trained you. He's already made you. Before you was in your mother's womb, he already knew what you was going to be. And he said, it's finished. Not 
from the 33 years in the New Testament in which he lived, but from Genesis to Revelation. In Genesis, he was the ram in the bush in Exodus. He was the Passover lamb in Leviticus. He was the high priest in Numbers. He was the pillar of fire by day and the pillar of fire by night and the pillar of cloud by day. And you understand? In Kings, he was the reigning king. In Song of Solomon, and he was the high priest. You got to understand what he was. In Matthew, he was the son of God. In Mark, he was the son of man. Can I talk to you for a minute? In Revelation, he was the seventh seal. He said, I already finished it. I'm intertestamental. I'm bringing the law and grace together. And when you begin to witness about me, everybody's life is together. See, we, we forget about Jesus. Police brutality is about Jesus because Jesus can, can take over police brutality. Racism can be handled by Jesus. People always say, what are you? You are a, a, you a chaplain. You, you, you do this. You over the NAACP. You running for, hey, no, I'm a child of God and I do kingdom work and I'm a pastor first because that's my kingdom mission and I'm just a pastor that happens to do all those other things because the kingdom supersedes everything else. So some people say you're becoming elevated because you're going into politics. No, I'm doing what God told me to do. I cannot get more elevated than bringing the word of God because the word of God shall never return it to him void. People over politics may come unto him void, but he's able to supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. That's going to always last. Paid in full. If you just put Jesus' name on it, it's already done. It says in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth. And I told you all you need to know is Jesus. Oh my God, he has the power in heaven. He got the power on earth. So if you try to step to me in my cubicle, God is going to handle you. If the angels of hell start getting out of order, God will handle them too. Anytime I have a war in the spirit or in the natural, all I got to do is call on Jesus. You can call me a if you want, but I ain't going into no fight without putting the blood of Jesus in front of me because I don't plan on losing. Some of y'all too daggone deep. King, they, he struggled. What should he major in? Should he major in philosophy? Should he major in politics? Should he major in political science? Should he major in English? And then God said, you need to major in theology because you need to know me. And when you know me, I'll show you what to do. And the rest is history. When you really know who God is and what God is doing in your life, when you really learn that he shall supply all of your needs according to his reason glory, when you know that he's the author and finisher of your faith, you don't worry about your enemies. You might get scared every now and then, but you ain't going to stop walking because you know, yay, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? 
I don't know who I'm talking to because y'all done messed my whole sermon up because I ain't doing nothing. I wrote down somebody need some type of, 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 of pep talk because you keep wondering about what it is that you need to do because it looks too big for you. That's your clue that it's God. God never gives you anything you can do on your own. He gives you something bigger than yourself. He don't want you to depend on you because then you become a little G-God to yourself. Even though he said you a little G-God, he don't want you to act like a little G-God. He wants you to know that you got to depend on the big G-God. I know your name, you can say I did this and I'm I, but the great I am is really who gives you the power to do it. He began the good work. He shall finish it. You just got to keep showing up. Let me get out of here. He said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples in all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> go do that. I gave you the power to do that. I gave you the power to make disciples. Stop being selfish. Make disciples. I go again, just getting out of the introduction, but I'm going to get us out of here. <laughs> Can I talk to you for a minute? Uh, he, the, greatest, the greatest act of evangelism I've ever seen was when Reggie White, who played for the Green Bay Packers, the great linebacker, he gave, uh, defensive lineman, he gave, he was helping the man that was supposed to take his job. He trained him before practice and after practice. Now that's evangelism. It didn't have nothing to do with the Bible. But you know this man was drafted to take your job. But you helped him train to help him get better than you to take your, that is evangelism. You, you going to train your competition? I'm a preacher. I'm like, hey, let me help you. No, it's all right. <laughs> See me in five years when I'm ready to retire. <laughs> No, but seriously, no, people ask me, why do why, why I get Jonathan? Why you get battle? Why you get these people that can preach? Because they, 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 they there. You don't want them to get all happy with them. No, you make disciples. You're not there to make yes men. You're not there to make puppets. You're there to help people do better so they can influence the kingdom the way you are. The phrase rang out when he said this. The Lord's message rang out. From you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it. The phrase rang out, exectio, in the Greek, that's what it means. And it means to sound forth, to ripple, as if a petal had been dropped in a pond. See, the epicenter of, 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 of the progress within Thessalonica was, was, was right around uh, Jerusalem, but God had to upset it to get them out. He had to make folks start acting crazy so they would get outside of the city because he told them to take it from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the outer end of the earth, but they got comfortable where they were. So he had to upset some stuff. Just like he done upset some stuff here. Churches didn't want to do evangelism, wanted to just preach. He let COVID come. The same vote that was calling me, the devil needed me to send Daniel to set up their drive-in church and put them on Facebook. Huh? Ain't that crazy? But God had to shake it up 
so they can stop making church a club. This ain't no club. This is God's house, and you're supposed to be going to find folk who don't know God. I told y'all a long time ago, a deacon said, I'm leaving because the church growing too fast and too many people getting saved. And they said, what did you tell him? I said, bye. You don't want folk to get saved? You don't want folk that don't look like you to come to church? You just want First Baptist Demi folk who already gutted and red. No, you need to go find folk who don't know Jesus. If you're not going, that's why he needs you on your job. He needs you to bring folk to church. You don't have to just, when they see your life is different and you begin to share your story, you will begin to take somebody out of the darkness into the marvelous light. This is not your ground. This is your locker room where you get a pep talk from me and you go out back to your job, witness and bring somebody to church. They should come here already ready to be saved because of your evangelism. They should already come here knowing they're about to come down. Before I open my mouth to preach, they should be ready to come down because you've witnessed to them. You, everybody not called to preach, but everyone is called to be a witness to bring somebody out of darkness into the marvelous light. At the gas station, you ought to be witnessing to somebody every now and then, especially because they're going to be calling on Jesus where they know him or not because they ain't got no money. But you will receive power. Jesus laid it out. He, he wanted them to understand, I need you to go out away from here. Even though you're going to get persecuted, it proves to us that they went outside of Jerusalem after COVID hit. They started handing out fish sandwiches like every, like, like churches that they talked about because they understood with the only way we can survive is to do something outside the four walls of the church. I believe God upset the ecosystem of the traditional church to make sure they understood that you were never meant to just stay in your four walls. You were not meant to not take care of the homeless. If you worried about stained glass windows and clean carpet more than you worried about people in need, then you don't need a church. Peter was crucified upside down in Rome. Andrew was crucified in Greece. Philip was hung upside down with hooks in his ankles in Phrygia. In Phrygia. Matthew died in Ethiopia. Jude was clubbed to death in Iran. John died in exile on the island of Patmos. Bartholomew was crucified in Armenia. Thomas was speared in India. James of Alphaeus died in Egypt. Simon was sawed in half in Spain. Matthias was crucified in Georgia. Generally speaking, you can see all these men took it outside of the walls. Acts chapter 1 through 7, they dealt with the city. They dealt with Newport News. Acts 8 through 12, they dealt, they dealt with America. They dealt with their country. The world was dealt with in Acts 13 through 28. They went to Africa and Egypt and everywhere else around the world. They took it from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the outer ends of the earth. You are not called to just reach right here. God has called you to reach the world. He's called your business to flourish. You know why he wants your business to grow? It's because he wants you to evangelize. It don't matter if you call to preach or not. Your real estate is growing because he wants you to evangelize. Your tech business 
is growing because he wants you to evangelize. When people come in contact with you and they say, how in the world did you do this business? God gave me this idea. He told me to do this because you know that he's the one that gave you the power to obtain wealth. See, you thought God wanted to bless you just so you could look good. He wants you to be blessed because he looks good. It increases your witness. Anything God has given you was given to you to glorify the kingdom. Your voice was given to you to glorify the kingdom. Your ability to play an instrument was given to glorify the kingdom. Your ability to do business was given to glorify the kingdom. He wants you to be blessed because he wants you to pull people into his kingdom. Can I tell you something? People love joining winning teams. Yep. It's still some, some diehard Cowboy fans. I'm not one of them. Yeah, you, yep. Still some diehards in here. Yep. Still some diehard ones, but, but the Fairweather fans ain't there because they ain't won in a while. Huh? They, they ain't there. They're not. Yeah, don't, don't. They ain't won in a while. You, you ain't won in a while. You, you, somebody get us some medicine. She thought they won last year. Yeah. She needs she needs some aspirin. <laughs> she, oh Lord, security, you here? You near? Hey. <laughs> he said, "Go and make disciples." Paul mentored Timothy. Timothy mentored other people. And the other men mentored the other people. You have a ripple effect. Fathers, you taught your sons. Your son's supposed to teach somebody else. And so on and so on. That's about mentorship. It's not a pyramid scheme. It's a ripple effect. And as you witness, your witness goes forth and somebody else is saved. You don't know how many people you saved through your word because you helped somebody else. God loves you and you're stacking up your treasures in heaven. So what? You don't have a mansion right here. If you witness for God, you have a mansion for eternity. I'd rather have a mansion for eternity and live forever and ever and ever and ever and ever than to have a mansion for 80, 90, 120 years on a finite earth. Now, I want both just to keep it 100, but I'd rather have it in heaven than have it here. Finna sit down. I'm tired. Matthew 22, 34 through 40 says, Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. He's saying, look here, love God with all your heart. Then love your neighbor like yourself. If you love your neighbor like yourself, when you want somebody to help you, we'll help your neighbor. When you want somebody to help pull you out of darkness, we'll help your neighbor. When you want somebody to keep you out of hell, we'll witness to your neighbor. Can I tell you a secret? Sometimes God going to make you help your enemy, girl. You ain't going to like it, but it's going to bless you. And sometime when you help your enemy, it's going to change their heart, and they're going to become your greatest ally. If they don't, who cares? When you do what God tells you to do, he blesses you. Don't you let these broke, mad folk 
make you believe God don't want you to be blessed? See, let me go ahead and clear this up. And I'm going to sit down because I want you to understand this right here. Jesus, it says that Jesus became poor so we may be rich. See, I don't know if y'all know this, but Ted Turner, when he gave some money, he gave a lot of money to the UN. And then he went from being a billionaire to a 999 millionaire. And he felt broke. He was depressed. And he'd be drunk around Channel 17 in the CNN Center. And I'd be like, Ted, he couldn't hit me, though. Give me the money. I'd be happy, Brother Ted. I'll use it however you want me to use it. I'll buy you some Hennessy, some black and whatever you need. But I just keep the rest of the trust and take care of myself and my family. How about that? But he was depressed because he felt like he was broke with $900 million. Would you feel broke? Yeah, you said it real quick. Somebody else said, if I had $900, I'd be all right. <laughs> $900 million. And he felt broke because he was a billionaire. Now, if you were used to walking on the streets of gold, angels waiting on you hand and foot, you didn't have a body that got tired, you didn't have to use the bathroom, you didn't have to stop to rest, you didn't have to go to sleep and wake up, you didn't have to take a bath, you didn't have to wash your clothes because your body was perfect and you didn't have to work because it wasn't made by human hands. Come on, somebody. Wouldn't you feel poor even though you walk around here as a millionaire, as a tent maker, you making money, but at the end of the day, would you not feel broke? You, because you didn't walk on the streets of gold, your bed is gold. You walking on the streets of gold every day of your life being red, being, being served head and foot, angels answering to your every beck and call. Of course, he felt like he was broke, but he came to give us life and to give it to us more abundantly. And he said, don't you put your light under a bushel. Why would you put your light under a bushel? Some of y'all not witnessing. Can I tell you something? The reason why God allowed you to go through some storms is because he wanted you to witness. Has somebody ever been dealing with the wicked witch of the West? or the warlock of the east, and you made it through, you be like, I got to tell you this, girl, Lord, he brought me through. Jesus, they went number God, girl, because she would get on my ladder. I'm about to take my earring. I'm telling you, but I don't know what happened. God just dealt with it, and you had to share it. You know why it happened? Because you weren't witnessing in the beginning. If you go ahead and witness now, you won't have to go through all them storms. Sometimes he puts you on a boat, Jonah, because you ain't talking where you need to talk. You better go to Nineveh and talk to them folk you don't like when God tells you to so you won't have to go through no storm because sometimes storms happen to make sure he gets a witness and a testimony out of you because sometimes we don't tell nobody about God until some tragedy happens that we overcome and God squeeze it out of us. Well, squeeze it out yourself. Tell God, I don't need to go through hell to be a witness. I'm witness for you right now. I'm going to tell people how good you've been to me, how you gave me a good measure of blessing, pressed down shaking together and running over even in the midst of COVID. I tell them how I still was fat and everybody else wasn't eating. I tell you how good it been taking care of me. I don't need a battle to witness to God. I tell him how good he's been to me. I was young, but now I'm old. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. I've been through the depression. I've been through Jim Crow. I've been through separate but equal. I've been through bound with the road of education. I've been through Plessy versus Ferguson. I've been through sharecropping. I've been through COVID. And I'm still here. I 
I saw strange fruit on the tree. I had to ride on the back of the bus. They made me sit in the balcony. I had to drink at a separate water fountain, but I'm still here. I don't need a battle. My God has been good to me. I don't even have a college degree, not even a high school diploma, but I'm in a house. I got a car. I got suits. I got shoes. I got dresses. I got insurance. I got... Hey! My mama had a dirt floor, but I got plush carpet, hardwood. I got a fireplace. Santa Claus can really come. Hey! You better start shouting and entering in his gates with thanksgiving because when you thank him, he'll bless you. When the blessings, when the praises go up, the blessings come down. I'll praise him in the morning. I'll praise him at night. I'll praise him in the noontime. His praise shall continuously be on my mouth. Let your light shine. Let your light shine. Even if your TV yells, smile at somebody. <laughs> it's funny. Me, me and Justin was going handing out candy. And I, I hope he, I don't think he put it on camera. And this man, he was just smiling and asking me for candy. And I'm like, man, ain't you think you're missing enough teeth? I don't want to give you all this candy, no, for real. But he was just smiling and happy, so I gave it to him anyway. I felt bad. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> like, dude, I, I'm for real. Just keep it 100. But what I'm saying is, it don't matter. Your smile saves lives. Literally, I've received at least two letters over the years. I've had, I have more than letters saying that because somebody hugged them, they felt like they were going to kill themselves, but because somebody at the church hugged them, they felt like they was all right. Yeah, I'm glad you hugged them because they lost. The Patriots didn't win this year, so he might be sad. Hug him, hug him one more time. He depressed. <laughs> I'm just messing with him. I probably need to hug the Falcon. I'll never win. I love myself. <laughs> but seriously, some people say because somebody smiled at me, I ain't killed myself. For real. And even with your mask on, you can smile with your eyes. People know when you're smiling. People know when you're mad. They had my car right, and I looked a certain way. I'm like, okay, my face must be looking funny. They're going to get it together now. <laughs> but at least my mouth was good. I did real good with my mouth, y'all. Hallelujah, Jesus. Small victories are great. Hallelujah. <laughs> my face might not have made it, but my mouth did. You got to start thanking God for your small victories. But seriously, before we leave, God wants you to be a witness. He wants you to witness. He wants you to talk to the people about him. He wants you to give your testimony. He wants you to give your testimony. And the reason why he wants to bless you is because the more he blesses you, the more powerful your testimony is. I'm keeping it. It's just human nature. It's human nature. It's human nature. It's human nature. People love being around blessed people. 
People love being around winning teams. People love being around champions. And the reason why God continues to elevate you, because he knows when he elevates you, your witness is more powerful. I'm going to tell you a secret, another way to build wealth, witness for Jesus. Because he's going to want to magnify your voice. The more you share the good news for God, he's going to bless you. You don't have to be a, a minister. You don't have to be an evangelist. You don't have to be a pastor or a bishop or an apostle. Just witness on your job. Tell them how good God been to you. Tell them how the Holy Spirit led you. Tell them how he got you them shoes that match your shirt. Tell them. It was the Lord. 